Hey everyone, um, <laughs> this is just a preface uh, because I need felt I need to give context to this next episode. Uh, we had Ian, who is a woman of industry. Um, yeah, nothing much more to say. <laughs> nah, no, but seriously, uh, yeah, no, it was a good. It was a chat. Went for a couple hours. Yeah, I'm really bad at these. Just listen to the episode. <laughs> there are improvement works ahead, so this train will terminate at the next station. Take news, sir. Take news. Wow, so sick. Hey, 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 that has a built-in DVD player. That was quality. That cost me like 900 bucks. That would have been a lot of money. In 2009? A lot of money. There you go. Oh, there we go. What are we looking at? Oh, that's your one of your standard images. I've seen that before. I don't know. Facebook somewhere. Instagram. Twitter. I can't remember. Oh, actually, are you on Twitter? Yeah. Really? I've, I love Twitter. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. No, no, I'm, I'm serious. I don't, I don't tweet. I'm not, I'm not I, taking I just, the piss. No, no. I love not Twitter. Is, Twitter. Twitter is like one of my go-tos. Every morning when I get to work, I spend a good, I don't know, maybe half hour to 40 minutes. Why? Because I just like enjoying, I, I like catching up. I like seeing what people have got to say. I love uh, just... Reading the crap that people fucking talk about. It's awesome. What do you mean? Well, some commentary that goes on. A lot of politics stuff I like to follow. I was, my next question was who do you actually follow on Twitter? I follow a number of comedians like Will Anderson, um, Geraldine Hickey. I follow Triple R, for example. I've heard of Will Anderson. I don't know who the second person is. Oh, she's amazing. Geraldine Hickey's a phenomenal. Is she actually funny? She is fucking funny. No, I'm being serious. She is funny. I find her funny. And I've got a warped sense of humour and I'm that maniacal. I was going to say, that doesn't actually say much. <laughs> you find her funny. Well, the jury's out on what you consider funny. I see. What's the material like? Short of me, short of me pulling up a YouTube clip. Actually, would you be happy for me to pull yeah. a YouTube clip up? Yeah, go on. Go on. Go on. Okay, just so you understand, this yeah. isn't your court where you can just point and demand. Because <laughs> the way you got that, you're hitting that casual lean like Lionel Richie on the front of one of his album hey, covers. listen, I'm relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> Pull this thing closer in, yeah? All right. No, it's good. Do you want to be heard? Yes, of course. Is that okay? I think you're the first person mm-hmm. other than me to actually hit the lean like that. I'd take that as a compliment then. You could take it however you want. <laughs> <laughs> Take it however you want, Geraldine. What's this? Hickey. Hickey. Okay. Yeah. H-I-C-K. What's, well, give me a, give me a piece. Oh, she's done too many. Oh yeah. Okay. Here we go. The, just... She's so funny. I can't think of anything that's actually remotely funny. Oh, shut funny. up. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's int- no because it's. She did an amazing show with the guilty feminists, who's someone else oh. that I. Oh, stop it! Stop rolling your fucking eyes. <laughs> Roll my okay. eyes. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to give me something. Just look her up and find something. Come on. Don't be lazy. I'm not being lazy. (laughs) So what's off limits? 
Nothing's off limits. Okay. Hang on. There. There she is. She actually won Best Comedian. Yeah, um, well, apparently, what's her name? Um, <laughs> who? Hannah Gatsby's. I love Hannah. Are you out of your mind? You don't like Hannah? Okay, look, we've talked about her at length, <laughs> given all the shit with Dave Chappelle. Yes. I tried to watch her stand-up. You didn't watch Nanette? The, whatever the last one is on Netflix. The last one wasn't Nanette. The first one was Nanette. I don't know. Whatever the last one was on Netflix. Yeah, no, you need to have seen the first I, one. First. It doesn't matter. No. Okay, all right. Hang on, all right. hang on. Yeah. I don't need to have seen anything to justify like her material being good or shit, mm. right? It's not, it's not like it's a two-piece movie where it's like it's not going to make sense if you don't watch the first part. I was looking at her last stand-up. Yeah. Objectively, is this actually funny because of all the, the crap that's rotating right now because of Dave Chappelle? If, mm. I, if I had not watched Dave Chappelle's Closer or heard about the controversy happening, mm. I wouldn't even know who she was. Yeah. And I, I'd like to say I have some idea of what's going on in the, you know, I'm not on the pulse of the community, but no. considering she's a homegrown talent, yeah, I thought, like, sure. yeah, and I had no idea who she was. I watched her special, mm. not all her special, I just watched chop-ups of it. I, there wasn't anything remotely funny. That's because you're not her target audience. No, but her tar- it doesn't matter. I can, I, can appreciate, I can appreciate something for whatever it is, whether it's crafty, whether it's well put together, whether it's whatever. And you know what? I don't listen to you know, country music, mm. but I can acknowledge if someone's a good songwriter. Yes. Right? Jolene is a brilliant song. Good old what's-her-face. Big tits. Do- Dolly, Dolly Parton. Yes. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> I can appreciate a form of art. Or whatever, even if I'm not the target audience, I can understand, I can find something mm. in it, right? Mm. I get it. Mm. Hannah Gatsby's not funny. Her th- whole thing was it was almost like a. I was talking to a shrink. She's, yes. Yeah, that's not a comedy show. It's about- if she wants to sell it as a TED Talk, by all means, go for it. Seminar, Hannah Gatsby, go for it. But it's not a comedy show, and that's the point. Well, it, I you guess can't... It, de- it depends on how you choose to view comedy. Okay, I could take a video of myself jerking off. I'm not going to sell it as an expose <laughs> to the human body. Why not? Because it's porn. It's not. But is it? It's no. But Isn't that... it self-expression? No. Why not? If you're using a form of jerking off as a, f- <clears throat> if you're using jerking off as a form of self-expression, mm-hmm. then there's something seriously wrong with you. <sighs> okay, because that'll justify all types of shit. Okay. You can't rape a child and say, oh, but it's a, it's an insight into the world of pedestry. Sure. But now you've just gone the other fucking extreme. But that's the point, okay? Hannah Gatsby was not funny. And marketing her as Australia's most up, like rising com- star comedian mm. is a joke. Her shit's not funny. If she wants to talk, if she wants to talk and try to connect to lesbians or whoever else her target audience is, clearly not me. No. Right? Straight, you know, white guy below, under 40. Fine. But don't brand it as something it's not. Don't sell me a dog shit wrapped in tinfoil and tell me it's chocolate. Okay. It's not. Okay. I guess it's all objective then, isn't it, really? No. Some of it isn't objective. Well, it is. In my mind, it is because it's a, it's an expression. You could argue that Dave Chappelle isn't so fucking funny either. No, but that's the point. He knows when he's you know, being he's funny. He's a fucking misogynistic cunt. In your eyes. In my eyes. If you actually take what he says – for what he actually says. If you look at the meaning behind it, that's the thing. Chappelle was like, okay, hang on. From the start, Chappelle has always been socially, all his material has been socially aware and socially driven, right? Yeah. And that's the whole point. And he, he drives the nail home in the closer. Did you watch the closer? No. Okay. So you haven't watched 
the closer, which is <laughs> okay. The closer is literally what everyone's jumping up in arms about. Yes. You can say he's misogynistic and blah, 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 but you haven't even watched the special. That- but I've watched him before. What have you watched that makes him a misogynist? His whole tone and the way that he talks about women is no, very misogynistic. He talks about people. He doesn't just talk about mm, women. There's an underlying current. No, the underlying current, he, which is what he nailed home in the last okay. stand-up. All right, well, tell me. What, what the underlying, was the closer? Well, he... Brought up all these scenarios that were were true that happened to him where he was being attacked by either trans women or, you know, uh, members of the LGBT community. And every time it would get so far until it just became about him being black and the other person being white. Right. Like the other person was only gay until they needed to be a, a white person. Right. In order to get whatever they're trying to push over the line. Okay. That's the whole point. Yep. It's not about, it's, it's, <coughs> his, his in- issue is not with gay or trans, it's with white people. And all these, nearly all these specials, nearly all these specials always have an underlying tone of r- race relations in America, yep. particularly race relations in America, yep. always an underlying tone. Of course. It's never attacked anyone, specifically attacked them for whatever they are. Okay. So what was the hoopla about then in your mind? In my mind? Yes. What do you mean? Well, this, these comments that he made about Hannah, are they justified? He said that her special is not funny and she's not. It wasn't. And that was it. She had thanked her in a previous thing because he'd he'd won an award mm. and thanked her because she was part of the, you know, part of the crew basically of like you know his peers and stuff. Yeah. Then the LGBTQ community attacked him for whatever reasons. Everyone's so. And he made his point of saying, <laughs> "Oh dear, what did he say?" No, it, they all came out to critique him. Yeah. Critiquing him as in like getting kicked off Netflix, cancelling whatever, and he said three. He's three negotiable. Terms of negotiation were on three terms. One, everyone that was protesting and picketing against him had to watch his special mm-hmm. from start to finish, Fair. which they hadn't done. Right. Two, they had to meet him somewhere on his terms that he wasn't going to be summoned like a, a jester or a slave. Yeah. Right. It's like no, we'll sit down at a time and place that's you know convenient and whatever. And three, they had to admit that Hannah Cassie wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, touche. Yeah. Okay, right. So we were on Geraldine. You started very well. <laughs> Come onto this show, start talking about how Hannah Gatsby's your icon. I didn't say she was my icon. I do admire her. She's For also. What? At, what do you mean? She suffers from severe anxiety, severe so do depression. Yes, yeah, so, so do, do I. I. So I can relate to that. I don't admire me. But why should <laughs> no, you? I don't think anyone should. Why not? Because I'm, I'm literally. Just why not own it? You no, need because... to own it. Why can't you own that? Okay. It's not about owning anything. But it is. It's no. about acceptance and saying... I, I accept I am who I am. Yes. But, you know, interesting, okay? Um, you obviously listened to, not last week's episode, the week before, with uh, Nico. Um, PT. Yes. Yeah. I had a lot of reaction from that from that episode, like a lot. In what way? Okay. In more than... I had more of a reaction from that episode than I have in any episode I've ever done. Mm-hmm. People from... Phantom listeners, basically, who I had no idea listened to this podcast, yeah. reached out to me and said, hey, really love this episode, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it hit home with them or whatever it was, you know, th- you know great. Th- you know, your, your, um, your mate's amazing, la, la, la. Yeah. And I said, yeah, he is. Like, brilliant, blah, 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 blah. And um, hang on, I'm just trying to find this message that one person sent me. I won't name who they were. Um, who was it? It was someone I hadn't spoken to in a while. Um, 
Okay, here we go. Um, he said that um, uh, like you know, all this sort of serious and personal side of, of um, podcasts and stuff. Mm. Uh, something I'm good at talking about this, this, and that, and you know, I should probably. I, I, it would be good for me to focus on it in, in some way. Correct. And it wasn't the only one that said it. A few people said it, yes. right? And I said one thing. I said I appreciate the comment. Mm-hmm. You know, I appreciate the feedback. Appreciate the um, uh, the compliment. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I want to do a hundred percent dark shit. You know, that focuses on trauma or you know mental health or whatever. Number one, because the market is saturated with mental health podcasts. Saturated to the point to the point where people. Especially millennials and, you know, people under the age of 25. Yes. They get a bad report card. Oh, my God, I have depression. This is anxiety. I didn't, you know, the guy I want to bang is, doesn't want to bang me. I have anxiety. The, the, form, the, the term anxiety and mental health, self-diagnosis of mental health mm-hmm. is just weakened to the absolute shit. And I'm not saying we need to smack kids or send them to the coal mines. I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying that very term gets thrown around way too fucking loosely. Way too loosely. Okay. So you're saying that people wear it as a badge and I – Not and a badge half the time they don't even deserve to be wearing. I totally agree and respect that. But okay. there's also – the adverse to that is that, you know, 50% of the population deserve to wear that fucking badge. Okay. Now, this, can you let me finish? All right. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> you asked me a question. It's more. It's a three-part. It's not just a open and close. I've been told. Number two, I think mental health is something that we never addressed properly. Right, that's why our parents, you know, Correct. were literally depressed and, and spoke to us like shit and ran us into the ground, ran themselves into the ground. Correct. So I like the fact that the conversation's there. Mm-hmm. I just don't like the fact that, like I said, it's been thrown around the way it has. Now, my whole point was is in regards to my podcast, mm-hmm. I listen to these episodes. Yeah. All right. And I find myself going back to the ones that make me laugh more and more than I go back to any other one. Right. Because yep. it's a lot of time. But by the time I do an edit, all right, I've listened to it. I've, I've, I've sat through it. Okay, so it's three and a half hours, four yeah. hours. Then I've gone back and listened to it again mm. while I'm editing it. So that's mm. going to be listen another three, four hours. Yeah, I've already listened to it twice by this point. Sure. Then I'll probably revisit it again. You know, a couple of days later, whatever, just by standard. Yeah. I've already listened to it. I've dedicated twelve to fourteen hours of listening time yeah. to this thing. Yeah. If I had to do dark, depressing, heavy sort of tone shit every single week, yeah, I I wouldn't be able to carry it. Sure. Because I've already got my own shit to deal with. Sure. So, and when I look back at it, like I said specifically about the last episode, I have not laughed harder and more consistent than I have in five years of doing these things, but episode 133, I think. Mm -hmm. And the whole episode was nonsense. Did you listen to it? Last one? No, I haven't got to it. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) I don't expect expect anyone to listen to it. But I, I put a disclaimer out specifically saying it is absolute nonsense considering what was, what had come the week before. That was really somber and you know serious. Yeah. Last week's episode was absolute drivel. No, it would mean make no sense to anyone other than me and the two people that were sitting here. Sure, but All that's right? okay. You can balance that, and that's my point. I don't want to turn this into a platform where I'm doing something I don't want to be doing because sure. that three hours that I had with my mates mm. that justifies the five hundred bucks I spend. Mm. That, that's just money, not time. Yeah. The five hundred bucks I spend every month to have it. Yeah. That justifies it's, yeah. it's the invoice. But don't you find any gratification in knowing that when you do have those episodes and when you do touch on those subject matters that are that do resonate with people and you get that wonderful feedback, doesn't that make you feel good that you've no, actually 100%. right? No, so, no, hundred percent. But so, it's not about it's not about that. 
It's about what I'm doing with this platform specifically. Okay. So where are we going today? Huh? Where are we going? Jordan Hick is clearly <laughs> someone to be depressed about. So, <laughs> All right, let's move on. While we're on you- mental health, let's just... <laughs> but I'm waiting for you to pick something. No, you you choose. Do a random. I, I, you really want to leave it to the YouTube gods? Yes. This is what... Your reputation stands My on. My reputation does no one not has, stand no one has, on the fact that I like Geraldine. No one Higgy. has heard anything I'm from sorry. your mouth yet. Oh my god! And you god. started off <laughs> by defi- by propping up Geraldine Hickey and Hannah Gatsby. Oh my goodness! Well, I am a feminist, so fuck off. <laughs> that doesn't bother me. That does not bother me. It doesn't bother me either. I own it. I find these women funny, regardless of you Hang know. On. Whether- Wait a second. What? So you're tying in feminism with Hannah Gatsby? Uh, why wouldn't I? Why do you? Because she stands up for misogynistic behaviour. Hang on, wait a second. You could be a total fuckwit, still stand up for misogynistic behaviour. I haven't met a fuckwit that stands up for misogynistic behaviour I'm a fuckwit. I stand up for misogynistic Really? Why would you call yourself a fuckwit? Because I am. Really? Yeah. Well. I own it. (laughs) (laughs) Touche. Touche. All right. Well, I don't consider you a fuckwit. If you you want to consider yourself a fuckwit, that's your... You know what's fucking hilarious? Dave Chappelle defined... What feminism is in the closer. Okay. How it, does he know what feminism is? Because he looked up. Oh, all right. Put the closer on. I want to fucking see this closer uh, now because now you're really doing my head in. <sighs> the reason was is he actually looked up the physical, the literal meaning of the word uh, feminism. Okay. Actually, I In the gonna, dictionary? Yeah. Webster's definition. Okay. Thank you. Hang on. Uh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I'll look it up here. I'm um, not going anywhere. No, no. I'll. Hang on, <laughs> because I haven't got. I don't think I've got Netflix hooked up on my actual TV, okay. uh, computer. So oh. hang on, Webster's uh, dictionary. This is gonna be. Is this, that's if the actual case. Don't stress. Yes. Come into my house. <laughs> These veiled threats I'm getting already. Nothing veiled. Oh, it's all up front, right? Oh, the axe is hanging, mate. <laughs> You've been wanting to cut me down for a long time, so this is your opportunity. That's okay. Remember, it's the maniacal okay. behaviour. This is the essential meaning of the word feminism as defined by Webster's. Is okay. that a, is that a, a what's a, is that a credible source? Sure, let's let's do it. The essential meaning. The essential meaning. Number one, mm. the belief that men and women should have equal rights and opportunities. And you have a problem with that? No. Okay, just asking. Not just at all. Checking. I'm just checking. Not at all. Okay. That is literally the definitive. Full definition is belief in and advocacy of the political, economic, and social equality of the sexes yes. expressed, especially through organized activity on behalf of women's rights and interests. Correct. So who? how am I against that? I don't know. Are you? No. So. One of my, when I first moved to Moorabbin, one of the first podcasts I did was with a, a major massive feminist icon in, from Australia. Who? A big woman in STEM. Okay. Dr. Thompson, she's in England right now, I think. Right. Yeah. She, she all. <laughs> okay, come on. She, she was like, yeah, she was the, the biggest advocate for, for women in STEM and women in feminism. Yeah. 100%. She yeah. started that movement. Okay. Okay. Kudos to her. Though. Who, who doesn't believe that men and women shouldn't have, shouldn't have equal rights? Ooh, that's a very loaded question. And you know for a fact that, well, you only need to look at our fucking parliament. Tyrians to fucking understand that there's no equality and that they are. Do you remember Julia mm. Gillard's speech? What, when she first came in? With the, her misogynist speech against fucking Tony Abbott. That Oh, yeah, the, yeah? the main one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, that's Tony Abbott. Yeah, but do you know how many fucking Tony Abbotts there are in this fucking world? 
Did I vote for Tony Abbott? I didn't vote for f- f- fucking Tony Abbott. Neither did I. Well, but a lot of people did. Do you really need to? Okay. Do you really need to unravel Tony Abbott? It's not just Tony Abbott. Just, you you so brought him many, up. Yeah, but there's <laughs> so many fuckwits like that. Is what I'm trying to say. He's not a standalone person that carries that thought. No. So what I'm trying to say is, being a feminist is about human equality. Whether you're fucking male, female, LGBTQI, whatever you fucking are, kudos. It's just about humanity. So. Let's I'm going gonna, gonna to rein it back into what this was all okay, about. Here we go. Dave Chappelle on the closer. All right, let's go. No, he saw. He said by definition that is the definition of feminism was the belief that men and women okay. should have equal rights. He said in all that <clears throat> sense, I am a feminist. Is he? Yeah. Okay. He literally made that point, and his whole thing wasn't about the LGTB, LGBTQ community, but it was about white people, and okay. that has been predominantly his whole sticking point. And he brought up the point of why is it that Bruce Jenner could ch- change his name to Caitlin, yeah. but it was hu- why was it so easy for him to change his name to Caitlin, mm-hmm. but, but Cassius Clay couldn't change his name to Muhammad Ali? Oh, because that's racism. That's the whole point. Right. And that was his whole thing. Okay. Granted, I take that on board. Kudos. Kudos. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> okay, I'm still waiting for you to find something funny about Geraldine Hickey. Uh, Give me one. Well, just do the last comedy festival. I'm going to watch a whole festival. Well, All just, right, this one here? Yeah, that'll do. Are you sure? Sure. Let's do this. Oh, this is going to be interesting. Now you're going to frigging roast me, but that's okay. Why am I going to roast you? You just will. I'm going to roast can, her. I can feel it. <laughs> I'm going to roast her. Great. You, you've been to, like, through that airport security, you know, the, the body scanner one. Anyone ever set one of those off? Great. I did once because I was too wet. <laughs> what? Thank you, good night. <laughs> okay, I went to Disneyland. Don't be jealous, but I went. And um, I went to Splash Mountain, lived up to its name, yeah? Like, there was a mountain, and I got splashed. Like, heat. Oh. It's buffering. What a shame. I could tell by the look on your face that you were not impressed. So I'm just like- listening. She's, t- she's literally four seconds into a story. You've made up your mind. I haven't made any mind up. Are you for real? I'm listening to her story. What is the problem? Oh, dear. Are you seriously going to... No, I'm waiting. Okay, we're, bu- we're buffering. We're just buffering. <laughs> oh, this is fun. <laughs> I'm literally listening to her story, man. Seriously. Uh. Okay. <laughs> I didn't... What? Whatever. Quiet. Okay. Whatever, man. Mm-hmm. Seriously, this better get funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know I said that just to make you choke. <laughs> Nearly worked, prick. Yeah. I didn't... Come on. Seriously. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. See? No, this is what I was going to find. I was going to find what it was that actually we're going to talk about. Okay, what are we talking about? Um, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no, because I screenshotted what it was that you yeah, said. Yeah, I know, but that's deep and meaningful and we don't want to go there. Why not? Well, because. No, I'm fine to go there. It's fine. We talk- I don't care. No, it's fine. I think you're missing the point. <sighs> my whole point was is that I did not want to focus on that sure. throughout my whole... I didn't want this to be become that. No. Because it's heavy. It's, it's too heavy to carry. Yeah. And for the 500 bucks and three hours a week that I get, if I get it, yep. I don't want to focus on that okay, every single so week. so let's focus on what you want to focus on. No, it's fine. This is what you will bring to the table. You said <laughs> family politics, the dynamics of families, F, and how they affect our state of mind, sure. what, what defines us from culture and expectations and inherent guilt, 
How do we shake that off and how do we end the generational trauma we inherited? Yeah. That's a lot. I know, it's heavy. <laughs> and that's why I'm saying I think we need to backtrack and maybe talk about the weather or something else that's going to be light. No, no, no. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. For context's sake, our, our generations mm. cross over overlap. Correct. We're in that sort of, uh, what's it called? Like the Goldilocks zone. Yep. Where, like most of my cousins are about your age as well. And we've got... <laughs> Full disclosure. No, no. I'm just saying. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of the shit that we've both dealt with have both basically bled across. And I think a lot of the stuff I just brought up that you had mentioned, that you had dot pointed, essentially has gotten better, mm-hmm. but I think we're still way oh, off the mark. Long way to go. Does that make sense? Absolutely. <clears throat> I couldn't agree with you more. All right. So, I mean, let's start from the beginning <clears throat> when Adam met Eve. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm being serious. All right. Yeah, and the snake too. Don't forget. <laughs> snake. Seriously? Yes. No, no, no. Seriously. All right. Let's just mm. take it. Take it from a grand perspective, because, like I said, you haven't been on this before, so people need to understand exactly who you are. You're in marketing media, basically, right? Mm. No, I'm so. I'm just. Yeah, no. I mean, elaborate. Design, com- design and communication. Yes, I'm a creative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, do you have like a channel on TikTok or something that you just do videos on? No. Isn't that what creatives are these days? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm old school creative, honey. Do you I know used, much? I used to use an ad gauge and a bromide machine. So, <laughs> do you know how much that burns me? I mentioned it last week. That <laughs> fact that, like, there's your definition of entitlement. Like, I was just talking about the word um, mental health being thrown around. Yeah. There's if you want to see what entitlement is and you want to see the, the gap between generations, kids at, at 18 are jumping on TikTok, pantomiming to 10 seconds worth of audio yes. of a song that someone else made. Yes. And if they don't get their thousand views, mm-hmm. they'll self-diagnose as being depressed. Yep. And then they'll put that up on TikTok and then get the big old pat on the back. Yeah. And then become literally celebrities over So that. it's all about validation, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's my point. So how is that any different to the way we were raised? We were all trying to validate our existence to our parents, to our peers, to our families. You know, if you thought a little bit differently outside the box, you were automatically ostracized or criticized or, um, you know, there was a certain picture painted of you. That whole expectation, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And it really hasn't changed. I know you say it's changed, but it hasn't really changed. This is why we need to make that change now moving forward with our own children and our nieces and nephews and whatever generations come after. Okay. Well, <clears throat> you're in design. Yep. Sorry, what did you say? You said... Uh, I'm a communica- Communications. <laughs> you said design and communications. Yeah, design and communications, okay. yes. Okay. I yes. said marketing and media. You said design and communications. Yeah, I'm pretty sure same they're shit. essentially the same well, shit. they do cross over, Yes. They do. Of course they do. I'm not arguing with you. <laughs> okay. Okay. How did that actually start? In terms of... Literally my, the beginning. My career? No, before that. How did I decide that that's what I wanted to do? How did you even figure out that that was an option for you to be? I knew that I wanted to do something creative from the age of nine years of age. How? I used to 
go to a Catholic primary school and there was my best friend whose name was uh, Michelle. <laughs> I won't mention her surname. Um, well, how many more Michelles could there be? Well, there's a gazillion of them. She was Italian. She was stunning. You know, I was the dumpy friggin' Greek chick that used to play on the boys' football team. You played footy? Yeah. <laughs> what position? Ruck. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. I was good. <laughs> Very good and Ruck. scary. Yes. Ruck. Well, that's because all the little dweeb Aussie kids were tiny. You want a picture? You just palming someone <laughs> in the face? I actually <laughs> had. I did slap someone once, but that's another story. What, what, elaborate. <laughs> I slapped him. Who? Sean. <laughs> How come his name we can disclose? I don't know, because he's probably... I don't know. I don't care. You know I'm going to look him up and then bring yeah, him in. Yeah, you go. Uh, the response? <laughs> Poor old Sean. Um, Why'd you slap him? Oh, because he ran off with Cynthia and dumped me on the oval. I wasn't happy. Wait, how old was this? Uh, grade four. Grade four? Yeah. Anyway. You had a boyfriend? I did four? not have a boyfriend. I just had a crush. You know. But then how did he dump you? Well, in my mind, he dumped me because <laughs> he ran off with Cynthia. I have so in other words, you'd made up a fake relationship in your head. Of course. And you, you <laughs> physically assaulted someone <laughs> based on that fake relationship. Yeah, I was quite demented when I was young, yes. <laughs> That's sociopathic am. shit. It is, right? Isn't that what the Joker did? And, like, <laughs> You imagine oh like the whole relationship, God. and then anyway, we were talking about Michelle. No, no, this, there is, you go. this is this is quite this is quite troubling. <laughs> Sorry, uh, this, <laughs> this is like therapy, right? Um, well, we've already established yes, that clearly. Um, so anyway, we were in a we did lots of art competitions together, and I'd always come up second fiddle to her. She was an amazing drawer. She was sensational. I remember very very vividly thinking to myself one day. I am going to be better than her. And that drove me. She was like my competition. She sort of inspired me to bring out the best in myself, I guess. So, you know, growing up in a full wog family, I remember wanting to do art all the time. That was my thing. It was my outlet, music as well. And I recall wanting to leave at the end of year 11 to go to TAFE to study art and design. And I remember being um, at mum and dad's and we had some visitors over and I remember piping up and saying, okay, I want to do art or photography. And At what age? We- I was 15. Okay. And... Um, I very clearly recall one of the asshole uncles piping up and saying, that's not a real job, you can't be a photographer. And I said, he goes, how hard is it to get a camera and just take a shot? I said, yeah, no worries. Thank you for the encouragement. Um, But I just pursued it. And I think my parents were indirectly quite chuffed that I wanted to do something and be the first in our family to go to university in the end. Um, So I... Just pursued that career. It was just something that I always knew I was going to do. I guess, hang on. So the only <clears throat> the only pushback you had was some from some uncle. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's it. Well, from yes, in terms of my family, yes, everyone else was supportive. But that said, the criticism came thick and fast because I wasn't doing law, I wasn't doing medicine, I wasn't doing accounting, I wasn't doing anything that was associated with academia. So. 
when, um, you know, the conversations would come up about other people's children and what they were doing, it was almost like this sense of you're a bit of a failure because you're doing something creative. Yeah, but who's this? Who, you're saying that your family was supportive. My immediate family were. So then where'd the criticism come from? The external, you know, the okay. other people. It's, no, no, okay. It's, it's I'm how tr- we... I'm trying to understand. Yes. So I guess you could call it the social media of the time. <laughs> it was because everyone had an opinion on everybody else's kids and what they should be doing and, you know, everyone would, no one would look at the shit in their own backyard. They would focus on everybody else's shit. So I always made sure that I had, <clears throat> pardon me, a very upfront and strong relationship with my parents. They didn't always like what I did, didn't condone it all the time, but I was – guess I was a little bit headstrong and just forged the way for myself. And I was 16 when I did my 16 and a half when I was in my first year of TAFE. So wait, you dropped out of no, high school? I did year, no, I started prep when I was four. So I was always... How did you start prep at four? Because <laughs> my parents enrolled me at school when I was four years old. How? They just did back then. It just <laughs> back in my day. Back in the, my day. Back in my day, we'll have the cheering yeah, ship yeah, yeah. when we were three. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> when I when I was four, they enrolled me into school, and um, I didn't know a word of English. You're one of them. <laughs> I was. I'm not. No, I'm just um, saying. It's amazing. And I used to call Miss my prep teacher Mum because <laughs> I didn't know how to say Miss. It was quite funny. Um, so yeah, so I was always a year younger than everybody else. So by the time I finished uni, I was only 21. Okay. You realize how invaluable that, how that head start is, right? Of course it is. Okay. Absolutely. No, no. As long as you say that. Absolutely. It was like the most amazing thing that could have happened to me. I loved being with people who were much older than me, socialising with them. I think, you know, I just inherently grew up really super fast. the same time, I remember when um, I finished high school and I didn't get – I didn't even look in that guiding uni or anything. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah. Actually, I knew what I wanted to do. It just wasn't at uni. Right. And um, I remember telling my old man that I wanted to take a year off to just get a job, save some money, you know, yep. get a car. I had no money. I was 18 years old and broke. Yep. Like, you know, I'd work all the piddly jobs I had during high school weren't enough to make anything. Yeah. And he said no because I would fall behind. I said, fall behind who? Because everyone else. Yeah. I'm like, what part of you forge your own path don't you actually understand? Yeah. I made that argument. Yeah. So I ended up doing a year and a half of advanced business management <laughs> at Boxy Tafe. Amazing. Yeah. Advanced diploma of business, of HR. Right. Purely because. I would fall behind. Yeah. They didn't know what I was falling yeah. behind. Even yeah. when I got the the offer, mm. I told the old man and he's like, what's that? I'm like, yeah. you don't even fucking know. Like, what yeah. difference does it make? Yeah. You wanted me to go to TAFE. He's your uni. You know what I mean? Like, what do you want? Mm. If And like you said, if you weren't a doctor or a solicitor or something. Correct. But Ronnie Chen, that um, he's Malaysian, I think. He's in America now. He's Aussie. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he said it and he's... One of his last special, not last special, but one of his specials, he said how, like obviously with Asian culture, it's the same thing. Mm. The the assumed, you know, mantle of doctor or yeah, whatever. Lots of pressure. 
The prestige isn't in the actual title. The prestige is in the assumed amount of money that you make from those titles. <laughs> and that's why all the wogs wanted you to be a doctor because they assumed that you would make more money yeah. than anyone else. Yeah, totally. And that's all about control and power and also status, I think. Status is such a big thing amongst... But that's the irony of it. Yeah. All my fields of work, none of them are in medicine or accounting or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, without like, you know, without um, blowing my own horn, but I probably, they've got the highest income anyone in my immediate family ever yeah. saw. Yeah. yeah. I did it completely yeah. backwards. Yeah. But, you know, that's something to really be proud of. And Yeah, but I'm only starting to come to terms with that. Yeah, okay. It's taken a lot to come to terms with that. And yeah. that's my whole point. Yeah. Because we weren't doctors or fucking accountants or solicitors. Yeah. We're failures. Yeah. Yeah. No, very true. Very, very true. So... That's how my journey started in that space and, you know, 29 years later I'm still working and run my own show and have a great team and, you know, sometimes I think, how the fuck did I get here? It's sort of never really set out to do that but it just evolved. Does the, um, did the <laughs> pressures, when did the pressures eventually fall off? The pressure of? You're not a doctor. What are you doing with mm, graphics? That's not a job. That pressure probably still to some degree hasn't fallen off. Really? Yeah. It's really interesting. You know, sometimes when we catch up with old family friends and they say, Are you, do you still have your business? You know, you know, when are you going to get a real job? And it's like, uh, excuse me, this is my real That's job. a conversation still happens. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah, it does. There's a lot of peasants out there. <laughs> have you not realised that? <laughs> Peasants. They are. They're peasants in their mentality and how they freaking view life. Okay, I mean, I'm going to help you out here. Okay. I think the better word, better phrase would be village mentality. And you Pe- see, how is that different? Because peasants aren't necessarily, the word peasants in fear is that they're, they're lower class, poor people. Well. But there are plenty of Greek millionaires in Melbourne that own eight properties are still fucking have village mentalities. Oh, absolutely. That's they my do. point. Okay. All right. I'll rephrase that. They're village I'm done mentality. helping you out before they come picketing outside your door. Oh, <laughs> uh, really? Yes. I'll, I'll just, you know. Get, I'm protecting you. I'll get my Sublaki sticks out and I'll. Do you realize I've done this a while? I know exactly how to cover my ass. <laughs> I have no doubt that you know how to cover your ass. Exactly. That's my okay. point. Now. <laughs> yes. Okay. No, I do. I do understand that the village mentality thing. Like a, a mates of mine came up with it about ten years ago. They said they got village mentalities, mm. village spec mentalities. Yeah, and fear, massive amount of fear. Oh, they're scared of every. They're scared of their own shadows. <laughs> of course they are. They fear. They fear life. They had the balls to come here from another country, but yeah. it was out of fear. <laughs> and then yeah, and then they got here mm. and were determined to prove to everyone that they could stand on their own two feet. Yeah. But as soon as they started a community, yes. then the fear came out. Yeah, but then as soon as they had their own children, they instilled those same fears and insecurities into them. What fears and insecurities were instilled in you as a child? It was always about, you know, did that be your cosmos? What are other people going to say? You always need to be careful. You need to keep, keep your reputation, make sure you don't go crazy, you know, all those sorts of things. And being a firstborn female, it's even more intense Saying, I'm just saying. Again, I'm really. Make sure you don't go crazy? Well, you know, with drugs and shit like that. Oh, as in you you go off the rails? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, it's a lot of fucking crazy (laughs) (laughs) walks. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. But yes. So there was a whole lot of judgment around. That's why 
I sort of refer to it as, you know, the Greek social media has always been around because it's always been this this nattering, these voices in the background, you know, condemning and controlling and bitching and gossiping about people. That's all they had. Yeah. So, Literally, that's all they had. But that doesn't make I'm it not, right. I'm not defending no, it. No, 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 no. I'm just saying it doesn't make it right. I'm actually stunned that even now, like, I mean, you've been successfully running your business and your, your profile for like nearly 30 years and they're still asking that question. Yeah, they still are. What more do they need to see? I have no idea. Maybe because I don't own eight properties and <laughs> have got village mentality. I maybe that's what they how they See, measure success. I get I get my I get my mm. criticism obviously right, mm. and my criticism just comes in the fact that I'm not married with kids. Really? Yeah, it's a massive pressure. They don't, for they don't a lot ask of about money or jobs right. because they assume because I live alone. Yeah. Um, and I'm working. Yeah. Then that's not a question. Yeah. Because my value is automatically assumed. Well, he's not living with his mother, so clearly he has to have money. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, you know, the levies. Yes. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, well, where's your wife and your kids? <laughs> You're a failure if you yeah. haven't got a wife and kids. Yeah. So maybe it's just different, you know. But I guess that goes back to, <clears throat> pardon me, when we were raised too. You know, if you weren't married by the time you were 21 and didn't meet your husband at Chevron or the warehouse. Um, <laughs> ah, Chevron. <laughs> I remember the Chevron. Oh, I love the Chevron. I unfortunately <clears throat> don't get to go, but I do remember listening to live at the Chevron on Hits FM. Oh, my on Friday God. Night. It was awesome. And Friday the, night. And the phone parties were excellent, I must say. But anyway, um, I am showing my age. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it was like, okay, when are you going to get engaged? So you get engaged. When are you going to get married? You get married. When are you going to have your first child? You have your first one. When are you going to have your second? When are you going to have your third? What's left? When are you going to get divorced? I mean, really? Like, they don't ask that question. It's just this constant barrage. That, that's a question that they probably should ask more often. Of course they should. No, like, there are, there are literally houses out there where that question probably should get asked, but people just overlook shit like that. Of course they do. Do you know what I mean? Because it doesn't suit them, because no one wants to see, no one wants to listen, and no one wants to acknowledge. Oh, it doesn't fit a narrative. <laughs> the control narrative. What do you mean? Well, it's all about control and ticking boxes, isn't it? Because then that's what they consider successful. But if this... Those generations actually looked at their own fucking marriages. I could guarantee you that more than – I'm going to just have a guess. I'd say more than 70% of them would have been divorced if they were living in our day, now, here and now. Okay. <clears throat> Half the – see, that's the thing. I'm usually critical about that sort of shit. Mm. But, I mean, my parents split up when I was – I wasn't 20 yet. Right. Right. So, like, my mum – like, my parents had the balls to actually do it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they went against the, they went against the, the against trend, the basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can sort of understand that going back to like, you know, parents and shit marriages that were born in the 60s and 70s. Mm. The thing that I sort of give leeway to is the fact that women weren't in a position to gain independence no. in the 70s or 80s or even yeah. 90s, yeah. early 90s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they were stuck. That stigma. Yeah. Still a stigma. But it's not even stigma of like being in a – not as in socially – not being in a socially viable position. I'm talking about in a financial position. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that all they'd done was raise three kids yeah. but to, you know, from age 19 yeah. through to 45, yeah. 50, yeah. how are you going to re-educate yourself with no money? Correct. No understanding of social concepts yeah. like work and yeah. whatever. I'm not saying that they're, they're unable to but – 
We're talking about education. Of course. You know what I mean? My mother was married off at 15 and a half by my grandfather. Yeah, see, my mother avoided that <coughs> by coming to Australia. Well, this happened in Australia. So my mum arrived here when she was 11. They didn't come here because they were running away. They came here to visit another auntie that was already living here. Yeah. So <clears throat> they were, you know, in the ghetto of Paran, South Yarra back then. It was um, phenomenal. If only they kept that house, it would have been nice. But anyway, moving on. Um, um, so, walking distance from the Chevron. I know, right? Um, and, and Chasers and the rest. Yeah, Chasers, Galath, that's gone. <laughs> that institution's gone. I know. It's poofed off now. But that's okay. I don't mind a bit of poofed off. Um, just saying. So 15 and a half, married a man who was 10 years older. You know, my mum was married and thought babies were born from your heels. Because no one ever bothered to tell her. Really? But yeah. Yeah. My grandparents never, ever explained anything. Can you anything. imagine that conversation going down? <laughs> Can you in a court <laughs> you, know you know, but we're talking about, you know, sort of, I wouldn't have considered my grandparents educated people, but they weren't village mentality. Where right? they from? Mm, <laughs> from an island. <laughs> <laughs> from Lesbos, where the lesbians originated from. Dilini. Yes. Oh, don't you do, look at me like that. Are you from fucking Kalamata? <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> no, but I've said it to a lot of people. Okay. Basically, you know, you get enclaves of wogs coming here. Yeah. And there's just certain certain suburbs, certain villages, certain Certain islands. Groups, yeah. Yeah, groups. Mm. Like Kalimno, they're all yeah. in Northern Territory. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I talked to my mom about someone I know from Kalimno. It's yeah. like, no, I said, he's from Northern NT originally. He's like, what is he from Kalimno? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, there you Literally. go. Literally. Yeah. And incidentally, the few Greeks I know from NT were all from Kalimno as well. How funny is that? Yeah. Midlini is the one example I use about people in Melbourne. Yeah, there's a lot it's of like us. all of them came here and mm-hmm. they're all fuckwits. Oh, yeah. oh thanks very much. <laughs> Hang anyway, on, hang on. Hang Are you on. from Mitilini? No, I'm from here. You're from Paran. I am. <laughs> I was conceived in, conceived in Malvern. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. No, um, no, but that's my point. Yeah. I'm talking about the generations before. Yeah, true. And that spec mentality. Yeah. I know people from Mitilini. Yeah. A okay. good portion of them aren't on the level, man. <laughs> they never have been. They're like the mafia, are they? No, they're not the mafia. Mm. As they think they are, they okay. think they're very well connected. What and about the Limnians? The Limnians are a bit like the mafia. Yeah. Well, look, they think they are. Mm. They're inbred. Really? Yeah. Limnians only marry other Limnians, <laughs> and they have to have money. So they go to the panigiri and just like go around yeah, the table, <laughs> basically just absolutely. Who are you? The big pro- <laughs> Oh, okay. Too close. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Second cousin. Um. So. That's fucked. Yeah, it is pretty fucked. Anyway, continue. So, yeah, so basically, you You were born from the hills of... (laughs) My mother, my poor dear late mother and my late father, I've lost both of my parents, unfortunately. Um, They, you know, she was 18 when she had me. So by the time she was 28, she had three children. You know, did the whole fish and chip shops, milk bars, mixed businesses, all that sort of stuff. Worked like a dog. They both did. But really hard, hard life. Lots of baggage. Baggage. From who? The generation before, you know. My grandfather, bless him too, um, and my grandmother, who we recently just lost as well. Um, just, you know, he was orphaned when he was, what, three, four years old. 
The Germans used to kick his butt from here to high heaven when he tried to steal bread from the back of a truck. He used to always tell that story. Ach, to Saradena, you know, 41, 1941. Yeah. They lived a pretty desperate life. But, you know, not having role models and not having, um, I guess, people to look up to had a profound effect on how they parented their own children. And I didn't. I don't think that they understood what it meant to hug, to hold, to kiss, to, um, and also just to prop up your kids and give them encouragement. So that has a massive, profoundly negative effect on people and where they can see themselves and how they progress in life. So about generational trauma now. Well, that's. That's my view. My, I think my view comes from that. I, I think back to some of those instances and I think, well, it sort of makes sense really that we pass that shit down indirectly. It's not something that you um, consciously do, but I guess I've been in enough therapy sessions in my lifetime <laughs> to, Chases. Have, yeah, <laughs> to have unpacked a lot of that stuff and I guess having to – gorgeous boys of my own who are young men who I'm super fucking proud of, I feel like I'm going to – I keep on telling them, you know, that the trauma ends with me. I've had enough. Like I don't want you guys to carry this shit anymore. Yeah. You can pick and choose. You know, I don't know. Do you remember the first time you looked at your parents and thought, geez, you're a fucking idiot? Yeah. Yeah, right? I would have been <laughs> – I, I wouldn't have been 10 yet. Yeah, right. I remember the look on my boys' faces when that happened to me. I The penny dropped and I thought, oh, my God, you're looking at me like I'm a fuckwit. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the exact thing I did at sure, the time, sure, but sure. Yeah, of I remember oh, – oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up. I remember <laughs> the feeling that I had when I realised that they – the sun didn't shine out of my ass in their eyes anymore. Yeah. And I just think that – that's okay. It's okay to own that. And then then from there, I just started making sure that their emotional intelligence was something that I really promoted, made them aware, talked to them a lot, spent heaps of time with them and gave them some tools that now I see that they're using in their day-to-day life with their friends and and with family. And I think, well, you know what? used to think I was a bit of a failure as a mum because I was a working mum and I did lots of hours. Yeah. But retrospectively, now when I look at them, I think, you know what, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to be okay because they can pick and choose the good shit and dump the bad shit. It's not something that we're taught to do. No, especially not wogs. No. We, have to, we feel like we have to carry all of the negative and all of the positive and instead of focusing on the positive, we focus on the negative because that's what's instilled in us. Does that yeah, no, resonate? No, I'm, I'm following you. So I guess it's up to us to communicate with each other and be really honest. And honesty is not something that people know how to do very well. It can be quite confronting being truthful, truthful to yourself and truthful to the people around you. But, again, that comes down to just life experience, understanding what failure is. Why is failure such a bad thing? Why can't we turn failure into something positive? 
Why aren't we taught that we can turn failure into something positive? Well, because the Wogs here didn't have a chance of failure. No. They went tried and true. That's why they had the mixed yeah. businesses. That's why they mm. were concreters. That's mm-hmm. why they ran fish and chip shops. That's right. Because their cousin up Stolly started a fish and chip shop. <laughs> yes. So he was going to bring them in. Yeah. They were going to go Harvey's. Yeah. Eventually fight. Yeah. Quarrel over, you know, the location of some bullshit <laughs> fryer in a Richmond fucking... That is so fucking true. It is. It'd be something so piddly yeah. and... Petty. Petty yeah. and pointless. Yeah. yeah. But it'd drive a wedge yeah. between two families. Yes. And then the failure of that said business yeah. would now rest heavily on the shoulders of both heads of family. Yes. Enough to start the feud. And then the kids would have to follow up with it at some point. Yeah. And, and then that gets passed down through the next generation and the cousins and, and, and the rest. And everyone's fucking at loggerheads. So, yeah, I don't know. I think that's that's just my point of view on that stuff. I, I think it's... A broadly accepted point of view, if you ask me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've got a hundred stories like that yeah. regarding. But don't you think that also comes down to them not being, not having the tools, not being taught the tools of being themselves? They weren't given, That it's acceptable they to be themselves. Yeah, they weren't given permission to be themselves. Well, no, it's all about face. Right. I mean, every culture across the world, face is, is massive. Yeah. Japan. Fuck me, man. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Name a country where face doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, good call. Cultural, uh, Culturally, culture. yeah. Culture, cultural face. Yeah, no. I, and I think that's what makes us human, right? So that I'd like to think that some of that is going to change over the next couple of generations. I think it's going in extremes. I mean, that's why yeah, – so. well, because I bring back that emotional intelligence shit from before and mm. people throwing around mental, mental health. Mental health. It's just we've gone too far. Yeah. Where, yes, it's okay to fail, but it's also okay not to bother doing shit either. Yeah. Because you're already a star. You're a winner coming out yeah. of the womb. So like these helicopter parents yeah, that just pro- protect propeller, their yeah, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't stand it. Yeah. And that's what sort of pisses me off, that we're at this point where we've just gone into overdrive, we're mm. overcorrecting – and now, like I said, kids are coming out of the womb with uh, a bachelor's in life and they haven't even <laughs> taken a shit yet. Yeah, right. That's what, what annoys me. So what, what's your take on that? How does that, how does that change in your humble opinion? My humble opinion. <laughs> You're a fuckwit. <laughs> <laughs> that was an actual knee slap as I'm, well. I'm- <laughs> But I'm a funny fuckwit, so... Pat, pat yourself on the back. <laughs> pat yourself on the back for that one. Thank you. Look, man, I, I look at how I was raised, mm. and then I look at how people my age in other families were raised. Yep. A lot of similarities, mm. and a lot of similarities in personalities, like people that were raised similarly to me. Yeah. I'm not saying my parents raised me the right way, because emotional intelligence wasn't there, like, at all. But would you consider you have some now? Emotional intelligence? Yes. I had to. Right. If I didn't, develop then that. I would have died. Correct. Yeah. I right. would have been gone a long time ago. So survival. What do you mean? Well, as a way of surviving and growing, you have developed that. You saw that there was something that you needed to work on and you were you tapped into that, right? Yeah, because I wasn't given <clears> – but that's the thing. I wasn't given every option. I had to fight and struggle mm. for and graft for every single – Opportunity. Every pathway was yeah. created by me. Yeah. 
wasn't handed to me, yeah. wasn't inherited. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, was never going to be assumed that I was going to be, you know, head of the department. Yeah. I had to create the department. Yeah. And give myself a job. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. And that, that's, it sort of shits me, yeah. So in your mind, if you one day have the marriage and the children, what would you do different? To what? Say my parents? Yeah. I know that's a bit of a loaded question, but... No, it's loaded. It's just um, I don't actually know how to answer it. Mm. Because, um, I mean, we all have... <sighs> okay, you were talking about face and you are talking about expectations. Mm. It's like, okay, so what if it's not in my cards to actually have kids or be married? That's absolutely fine. But that, I think that's, that's great. That's my point. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's taken me this long to get to a point where I have my parents both on the back foot now yeah. because I've achieved everything that I have achieved yeah. on my own yeah. against the norm, against everything else, mm. and they can see I'm semi- Set up. Set up and just- Comfortable with where you're going. Comfortable with who I am. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I'm not in a dark place yeah. generally. You know, when they see me, it's not just butt up on their own complaints yeah, yeah, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah. And they can see some form of positivity. Mm. I mean, yeah, and that, that's the thing. Like, they've never- Rarely in the last decade have yeah. they ever said to me, that's not a good idea. Great. Because I stopped asking them for permission for shit back when I was like 20. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. I was that's tw- so liberating. Yeah. I was 24. Yeah. Turning 25 when I said, nah, I'm out. And I yeah. just, I quit my job, sold my shit and moved to Cyprus. Oh, that would have been nice. Do you know nice. what I mean? Yeah. But that, that wasn't a, that wasn't a, I'm, I, can I do this? That was a, I'm doing I'm this going. in 10 days. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm doing this in 10 days. Yeah. Yeah. As a, oh, okay. Well, that's what I find ironic is that, you know, like you said before, you touched on it, they sort of all came across, um, you know, with the one suitcase and the one pair of shoes and all that sort of stuff um, to make a life here. No one questioned them about no, who's where gonna, they were who's going. who's going to question them? But then they come here, they have their own families, and yet they feel like they need to control every yeah, aspect of their when children's they came lives. Here, yeah. When they came here, they discovered – whole fucking villages yeah. and enclaves of people that they'd left behind. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Same shit, different but, bucket. Dude, yeah. especially with the, the uh, people from Mithilini, <laughs> like as a pocket. Okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, sure. As a pocket, mm. there's, bigger, there's more of them here than there are there. Probably right. And they're all stuck in the dark ages here. <laughs> yes, they certainly are. Yeah. No, it's a very valid point. I just, I guess. They go to the same fucking dinner dances with the same people. In the same dialect, yes. we're in the same suit they rocked yeah, up with. Yeah, yeah. They've got fucking six properties, but yeah. they're wearing the same suit and yeah. shoes that they wore when they came or got off the boat. Yeah, it's so sad. It's tra- tragic, really. Look, at the same time, man, I don't buy a lot of the war stories, all right? How so? Look, I've got parents from the Depression era, yeah. right? My mum was born a couple of years after World War Two ended. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually said it to her the other day. She, she's, yeah, she's always talking about, you know, it was harder in my day and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And when I was a kid, I had to walk eight kilometers in snow to get to school. <laughs> yes. Like, what are you talking about, man? I've been to the village. I know where it was. Yeah. And then, like, the other day, I used it against her because she was acting like she was weak and, and feeble. I said, yeah. okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I thought you came from the, 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 the era when, you know, there was no running water. Okay, you know, and, then she said, and she said something like, World War II had already ended many years before I was born. I'm like, oh, okay. So we're playing that card now. Right? Bless. But. I always say the same thing. Yes, okay, they may have left, not horrific circumstances, but they may have left dire circumstances yeah. to get here mm. and may not have had 
you know, Wi-Fi set up for them when they got here. But what they did have was generally a relative yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Right? I know my mum, when she got here, she had my auntie, um, her sister. When my dad got here, uh, they had um, his auntie, yeah. my grandmother's sister. Yeah. And um, this is just off the top of my head. Yeah. Immediate, like, you know, family. And um, they had a start. They had, like, a roof over their heads. Mm. They had, like, work, food. It was like, yeah, here's your bed. Yeah. And let's get you set up. Yeah. When you went to Cyprus, did you have anyone? No. Right. Do I, am I Cypriot? No. I'm just, well, but I'm just <laughs> no, giving had, an I example. My, like mate's, you... my mate's uncle took us in for like a week yeah. until we could figure out our own digs. Yeah. But my point was, is everything they, you know, passed was epic. It was like the, the what they overcame yes. was like Edmund going up the fucking uh, uh, Everest. Everest. Yes. And they were fighting Nazis all the way <laughs> all up. The way. And they were fighting Ottomans on the way down. <laughs> no, like literally. Mm, mm. It's like, mate, you flew here from another country, you got a job, and then within two years you opened up a fish and chip shop. Yeah. Do you know what I have to do in order to buy a meal at a fish and chip shop? You have to work a few hours. I have to work. <laughs> I have to justify getting yep. the, the calamari mm-hmm. and the grilled fish. Yes. Or am I just going for the flake oh. and that's it? Well. Depends if you want Scallops? What are you, out of your mind? <laughs> Grilled prawns, even no. more so. I made a joke about it the other day. Like, what movie, I was talking to a mate of mine. We always joke about how much shit costs, like, going to restaurants and yeah. stuff. And I'm like, to go to the movies, okay, you literally need to bring your tit- the deed- <laughs> title deeds to your house and then have your car ready to- for auction. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Life is not cheap. What's that? Up- upsized, upsized popcorn. Upsized. <laughs> I'm sorry. You don't have the credit rating for that. <laughs> No, no, I'm serious. No, you're, you're right. Okay, I'm overhearing about that epic struggle because yeah. the fact that, and I've brought this up a hundred times on this podcast, I bring it up again because it's relevant. My old man yeah. was a butcher, all right? He, he wasn't you know, a scholar, all mm-hmm. right? He was working just a blue-collar job, yeah. yeah? And as a kid, in my eyes, he worked a thousand hours a week. Right. Because that's how he made it out. Correct. Okay. He worked a thousand hours a week. Yeah. He literally worked more than he could keep his eyes open to take a shit and go to sleep. <laughs> right? Yeah. And we were poor. Mm. And we were always going to be poor mm. if he didn't go to work. And if he lost his job, we were fucked. Screwed. Yeah. We had to start looking at which which child we we're going to sell off first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Who's going to go without shoes for the next twelve months? Yeah. yeah. That's the kind of contrast, like the just you know, depth. Having said that, as an adult, I I looked at it and I said, hang on, wait a second. There's no way known you worked that many hours. I remember the hours you worked. Mm. It's a hard job. Being mm. a butcher is a hard job. Yeah, I'm not taking away from it, yeah. right? But I'm like, hang on, you couldn't have started work any earlier than three or four in the morning. Sure. I started work at four in the morning for a good couple of years. Yeah. So I did the shift work. I'm yeah. like, okay, well, we were generally home in the afternoon. Some days you were home after dark, and it felt like it was late, but I was only a kid. I yeah. wouldn't know about daylight Time savings. is irre- – yeah. there's a difference. I remember getting home from school yeah. and asking if my old man was going to be home. And it would be yes or no, depending on the day. Mm. Sometimes he'd be home. So, like, okay, so that's 3.30, yeah. 4 o'clock. So, there's your nine, ten-hour day, maybe. Yeah. And then he did, like, a half day for cash on Saturday. Yeah. So, it's like a 55-hour a week. week. Yeah. I was doing that. Right out of high school. Yes. I did TAFE for a year and a half, and then I stopped TAFE yeah. when I finished, and then I was working a job for yeah. 55, 60 hours a week. Yep. And when I looked at it again, and I've said this to him, I've, I've, I've said, I've had, I don't feel bad about airing this because I've had these conversations. And that's with him. so good. And it, it sort of 
that's what I mean before. That's what I meant before when I said my parents are on the back foot now. Yeah. Because I sort of put them in their place. Like you can, my sister actually brought a lot of this up as well. And she sort of said it to me too. Yeah. And it's, uh, I cleared it up. I'm like, listen, man. I go, I, and I said this to him and I said, I'm not doubting that you didn't work hard. Yeah. But I'm doing on paper at least double what you're doing. Yeah. And I don't have the luxury of going home to find a, a cooked a meal, meal. Yep. a meal, Clothes kids, done. kids are silent in yeah. their room, they yeah. know to shut the fuck up because I've had a long day, mm-hmm. TV's ready, Yeah, and then I have my doos and then go to bed. The doos. The yes. doos. The I go, doos. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm. I go, but that's how it played out. I yeah. go, I don't doubt that you didn't work hard, but mate, it's but done. Also, you need to acknowledge that having those conversations with your folks so openly and honestly is not something that generally happens. Oh, no, in, but that, that's the point. We've gone yeah. through a lot of shit to get to Correct. that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I'm not afraid to have those conversations mm, because me neither. I've had to do everything yeah. my, my, on my own foot, like yeah. on my own back. I have to be responsible for everything. If everything fucked up, yeah. it would be my fault. Yeah. And that's the only way. Yeah. Um, but that's what I mean, especially with the older generations generally. Like they look at me that's unmarried without kids and think that's, he's failed. <laughs> his parents must be so depressed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's he doing with his life? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. They look, they see the sleeve. Luckily, I'm lucky that my immediate family, even my extended family here. Yeah. They don't doubt, they don't question my tats. I've always rocked up with shitty hair and random crap in my life. So they know who I am. Yeah. They've just come to accept that. Like, yep. And no one judges me. I'm very fortunate for that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you f- you're but it's just, outside of that. Yeah, you're being you. You're just being you. And that's that's what I guess um, I feel personally from my perspective, not having – being the age that I am, um, not having any um, immediate family like as in a mother or father or grandparents anymore, um, for the first time in my life, as much as I miss miss them and I'd have them here in a heartbeat, I feel free. Yeah. Like there's a real sense of freedom that I can actually first time just be me without judgment because no one's here to judge me anymore. Regardless of them being supportive along those along the years and and always being there for me and helping me out when I needed help and vice versa. There is a real sense of liberation when you don't have those voices in your head, yeah. trying to sort of say, are you doing the right thing? Is everyone okay with what decisions you're making? Blah, blah, blah. Like just these fucking noises that go on. doesn't happen anymore. See, I've, I've said that as well in regards to like, say, my parents and then the generation before. Mm. My parents didn't hear it from their parents. No. What they were doing because my mum literally escaped Greece to avoid that situation. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I was born a couple of months after my grandmother passed away. Right. My dad, dad pretty much did whatever he wanted. Like you know, and that his entire backstory is is intense. It's um nah, it's a lot of it was based on fable and myth yeah, up until right. about twenty four years old. Okay, because there were a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of things that I just didn't talk about. And then when I went to Greece on my own at twenty five, mm. I started unraveling a lot of it. Yeah. And a lot of it got put into context. I'm like, hang on a second. You made it out like you were like the, the rebel without a cause yeah. and like you were thrown on the street at like 13. Like it's not how it was. No. 
It's, it wasn't how it was. You're right, fables. fables you know, they yeah. had that luxury of talking shit, mm. except, whereas my CV is yeah. on a piece of paper for anyone to see. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think they got a lot, uh, got away with a lot of that sort of shit. Yeah. Now, um, the point I was making was that my parents, however they met and came together, they had their plan and they, they did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Whether it was the smartest plan or what they should have done instead of what they wanted to do, that's on them. Yeah. So then why the fuck am I going to follow that same pattern when it hasn't turned out Correct. in a way that seemingly they wanted to? Yeah. And I've said this before. I said it to my old man. Yeah. I remember, you know, f- fuck, 10 years ago, I can't remember when it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I was at his house and we're going back and forth about some shit. And he said some shit to me like, I'm not edu- I'm not educated, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I've got life experience and, you know, you got it. And I said to him, I go, mate, you're just, I'm looking at you right now. I go, you're divorced, separated, no relationship with your kids, work sketchy. What is it I'm meant to be following soon? Yeah. Like what, what, what footsteps am I meant to be following yeah. right now? Where's the role model effect? But that's my point. Yeah. I acknowledge my old man's hustle. I, uh, like his hustle is in his drive and perseverance. Yeah. You know what I mean? But so at the that's same a good time, thing. That's what you've taken, But right? at the same time, yeah. he was too afraid of his own fucking shadow Correct. to step outside of the norm, take on an investment, do something outside of the box. Yeah. Because, you know, in his eyes, he only knew one way and that was the right way. Yeah. Whereas I've done the complete opposite. opposite. Yeah. And I guess that's my point too is that, no expectations with, with from my from my perspective, with my children. No expectations. Do your thing. You know, I'll be there if you need any help. Like if I can help, I'll help. But it's your time to shine and live your life without any fucking baggage. Who am I to fucking judge you? I but can't that, judge that's them. exactly my point. Yeah. Right. The expectation should be on the person to be just an upright fucking citizen. Yeah, the best version of yourself. Exactly. Right. Which so, goes back to what I said at the very start. Mm-hmm. We're going full circle. When I said I'm a fuckwit, it's because I am a fuckwit. <laughs> well, I'm a fuckwit too. So. Wow. <laughs> Cheers. Okay. <laughs> Hour and 10 minutes. Was that all right? Mm. We got there in the end. Fucking hell. But that's my point. I'm the first person to admit that I know nothing. Mm. And I'm constantly evolving. I don't know that you know nothing. But- no, but. I'm never going to set up. I'm never going to stand up and say this is what you have to do mm. because I know better. Very rare, especially when it comes to, in terms of character. Like my blue. I said this the other. I said this to the boys not long ago. I said my blueprint for life should not be followed by anyone. Period. Right. My game plan should not be followed by anyone. I do things completely irrationally. I do things backwards. I do it to my own detriment. I'm in, I'm insane. But you're in a good place. There's no yeah, but there's no method to the madness. It's just madness. <laughs> is that a euphemism? <laughs> well, we didn't have an analogy, so we'll bring in a euphemism. Yeah. No, but that's my point. Yeah. Right? The only thing I, I'll pat myself on the back for is to say I'm almost unbreakable because I'm stretched that thin. Yeah. And I know how to make I know how to make a cake out of a sultana. That's okay. as that's as you know, I'm good at resourcing because that's what you do when you're broke yeah. and you're working against all odds. Yeah. I'll say that much. As far as patting myself on the back, yeah. But in regards to everything else, mm. oh no, there are definitely Flaws. sensible. There are definitely more sensible ways to approach half the shit I've done. Sure, but who's to say that that's the right way anyway? Well, <laughs> seriously, like why? Why is there a right and a wrong way? It's I don't know. I just goes back to just going back a little bit to those um, 
that older generation where they differentiated between, you know, one child and the next because one was a male and one was a female and it was okay for a female to do certain things but or vice versa, I was going to say, okay for men or men males to do something and go out and sow their royal oats but not for a woman. So... <clears throat> <laughs> I just I just find that so fucking hypocritical and so um, archaic in our thinking this in this day and age and I just want that to change for the next generation of kids moving through. <laughs>